You're listening to a message from New Life Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. What we're doing right now. Uh, I'm taking time. I'm going through... uh, James's teaching. The first one Annette went to, you know, he had, um, what is it, money, sex, drugs, power. The first one she went to was the one on sex, so I don't know what that means or anything right now, but, uh, but that's the one that she, <laughs> she looked up and listened to. But listen, it really has a lot to do with making disciples that make disciples. And, uh, you know, that it, we're excited about that, and I'm excited to do this, too. I want to introduce the Masons. The Masons are here today. They're from Korcha, Albania. Our missionaries from Albania with Eleanor. Why don't you, Vita, Sean, stand up. Go ahead. Is Eleanor maybe sleeping? Yes, she is. <laughs> Doug Sprague and I got to hang out with him last November. We, I think we had a blast. I had a blast. I hope you had a blast. And they just got into town. They're, they're a little jet lagged. And so what we decided we were going to do is next weekend in both services, you're going to hear a bit from Vita and Sean. And so we are excited that God is sending the gospel to all lands from this place. And uh, we get to experience that. And so this morning, what we want to do, Caleb and I want to take a little time and, uh, and share with you. And you, you, you heard the, the title of the message is Sons and Fathers of the Faith. And we thought this would be just an appropriate message to, uh, to talk about today. And, and, and it really has to do with, with uh, discipleship. It has to do with mentoring. It has to do with the responsibility we have as a congregation, as individuals, to just raise up that next generation. And what we're going to do today is we want to go from the book of Philemon. In other countries, they call it Philemon. Uh, it's a small, little, tiny book. It's between Titus and Hebrews. And so if you want to look there with us, you can do that. You can pull out your Bible, turn there. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a man named Philemon concerning a runaway slave named Onesimus. It's probably one of the most touching stories. I I know it is for me when I go through Paul's writings. This is probably one of the most touching, intimate stories that you can read, accounts of really how the gospel works. This is the only letter the Apostle Paul wrote to another individual. All the other letters are written to churches or groups of people. Here he's writing to one man, one person named Philemon. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel gospel in action. And I want you to, to, to know what this is really all about. And I, we're going to take some time and read it in just a mo- moment. But Paul used his God-given advantage as the apostle, uh, as a father in the faith to help Onesimus, who was greatly disadvantaged. Uh, being a runaway slave was, uh, w- was a great, a huge disadvantage, especially during that time. And, and that's exactly what Jesus has done for you and me. Uh, that, that most of us, all of us, at one point before we knew Jesus, we were lost. We were runaway slaves. We were hiding out. And, uh, and, and what Philemon does, this book, it really models the gospel for us. It models what uh, I think Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 says. It says, in your relationships with one another, that's with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That God has given us all an advantage. The the advantage is the gospel of Jesus Christ and that our responsibility is to share that with others. That's really the heart, the essence 
of the book of Philemon. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to take a little bit of time and we want to read this to you. And I want you just to listen with your heart this morning. Listen to the passion and the compassion of the Apostle Paul advocating, taking his advantage as a father in the faith and helping someone who was at a horrible disadvantage in Onesimus. Why don't you start us out, Caleb? Well, good morning, everybody. Today I'd like to take you on a journey back to the dusty roads of Colossae. It is important to remember when reading the Bible that we are looking at a description of history and we are witnessing real people dealing with real-world situations. Mm -hmm. This letter from Paul to Philemon about Onesimus is very personal. This is tangible stuff. Mm -hmm. So starting off here, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, or Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although I in Christ could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to have kept him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent. So that any favor that you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason that he is separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you and answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Archicus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. An amazing, amazing letter concerning the heart, the intimacy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And we want to hear some lessons that maybe you picked up, Caleb, as far as being a son in the faith. Sure. Sure. You know, I just love the book of Philemon. Uh, it, it's a story of love, grace, and sacrifice, one of mercy, gratitude, and abundant faith. And I just want to briefly share three points highlighting how Onesimus responded to life's challenges and circumstances as a son of the faith, and then apply these principles to my story. The first one is that we need to entrust. Hmm. Onesimus entrusted his life to Jesus, submitted to Paul's instruction in Philemon's decision. We, we see this in verses 10 and 12. I entrusted my life to Jesus when I was very young, but I rededicated my life to him when I joined the Immersion Discipleship Program. This process also required me to entrust the leaders of the program and submit to their instruction. My schedule was not my own anymore. I like to think that Onesimus probably helped aid Paul when he was in prison, and they became very close. Roman prisons were not that uh, forgiving at the time. Paul's influence must have been staggering to be able to get Onesimus to go back to his master willingly. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what Onesimus had to have been feeling at that moment. Uh, He had the right to punish, or Philemon had the right to punish or kill Onesimus. Uh, Onesimus had tremendous faith in Paul to return back to Philemon. Mm -hmm. What an amazing example of obedience to Paul as well as to Jesus. Onesimus' obedience to Paul was greater than his newfound freedom. Mm -hmm. So what does this say about us today? Mm. Is your obedience to God greater than your newfound freedom in him? Mm. My time in immersion discipleship really tested my character at times. But I knew God had called me to two years of intense discipleship for a reason. So I stayed put. I want to mention here that it is important that we submit our entire lives to Jesus. I can often forget that Jesus is not only my personal Savior, but also my Lord and King. Mm -hmm. Having Jesus as Lord is putting him first in my life. It is fully submitting everything in my life under his authority. My thoughts, my actions, my plans, my deeds. Surrendering my life to Jesus makes him Lord over my life. Submission has to precede obedience. I cannot obey God until I've entrusted my life to him. So ask yourself this question. Have you made God your Lord and not just your Savior? Mm -hmm. Does God rule and reign in your life? Mm -hmm. Or do you? Mm. As an example of this, in my walk with God... I have struggled with negative thoughts about myself and others. I'm sure many of you can relate to this, thinking you are no good or assuming the worst with people's intentions. It is easy to get caught in a downward spiral of worry and fear. These thoughts perpetuate themselves and will breed destruction in your life. And it is, it is important when I see these thoughts coming on to submit them to the authority of Jesus. And the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. This may take some time, but it is, it is amazing how this can change your entire day. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, 
and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. God is greater than our worries and our fears. Mm-hmm. My last point for entrusting is this. I believe you cannot be a good leader until you have learned to be a good follower. You cannot be a good leader until you have learned to be a good follower. To back up this point, one interesting note is that Jesus exercised his authority through submission to the Father. Mm-hmm. We see this in John five nineteen. Mm-hmm. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can, can do only what he sees his Father doing. Mm-hmm. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus was given authority through submission, God working through him Mm -hmm. by entrusting his life to his father. Since Jesus is our example, we should do the same. Mm -hmm. My second point is equip. Onesimus was equipped by Paul's example. Verses 10 through 12 and 16 describes discipleship in action. That I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Mm -hmm. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. Mm -hmm. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Onesimus was brought in and mentored by Paul to be equipped for God's kingdom. And like Onesimus, I was a runaway slave, Mm -hmm. lost, searching for answers. Part of my story uh, goes back to when I was uh, graduating from high school. Uh, I entered a a period of about six years of isolation, pulled away from my friends, uh, stayed up at night, so... Um, really didn't see many many people that and uh, it was kind of like my own version of a Nazarite vow uh, I didn't doubt God um, but I just had some questions um, and uh, little did I know it would last that long it was like being in bondage um, mm-hmm. being slave to sin uh, I was crumpled up physically um, you know to g- getting up every morning I didn't exercise much so um, you can just imagine that, you know, your movements become less and less. And mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of a daily routine for me, um, just going through the motions. But, but when I said yes to ID, that program built me up, stretched me out spiritually, physically. We see Paul's example imitates Jesus um, as well in uh, the book of Philemon, in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Uh, we are to imitate Jesus as well as followers of him. And uh, you can see 1 Corinthians 4 is an example of the true nature of apostleship. Uh, Philippians 3.17 says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Mm-hmm. 
So in the Immersion Discipleship Program, it's, it's hard for me to say New Life Interns, forgive me, our new name. Um, I learned from leaders how to be a good follower of Christ. Professors, pastors, mentors, coaches, friends, family, and many of you in this church congregation. Mm-hmm. I especially learned from the examples of Pastor Annette and Pastor Ron. It is important to stay connected no matter how hard life throws things at you. Finally, we can also be equipped through Scripture. Uh, in the program, we do devotions weekly. That's mm-hmm. one way that we stay in the Word. Uh, the Body of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, we can be equipped. Um, we have, for example, we went through the financial peace with Chuck DeSerrano. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Christina Hostetler. She does soul care. Um, mm-hmm. She's a good research source for people as well. Um, and many others just giving hugs on Sunday. You know, all you guys are just great people to hang out with. Um, and we can be built up through your encouraging, encouraging words. And ultimately, we are to be equipped by God. Mm-hmm. We can't be built up by him until we have surrendered all our strongholds to his purposes. Mm-hmm. My third and final point is empower. Onesimus was empowered for service by Paul. And we see this in verses 11 and 12. We see Paul gave Onesimus purpose, Mm -hmm. as Onesimus most likely helped Paul while in prison in verse 13. Paul acted as Onesimus' spiritual father. One example of being empowered with purpose was when our German pastor friends visited last year. Um, So, Pastor Ron... Um, in his uh, infinite wisdom, he uh, approached me and he said, hey, Caleb, we have our you know, uh, German pastors uh, coming over to my house. Um, I'm going to open my home to them, and I want to uh, you know, serve them in uh, hors d'oeuvres and, and stuff, and I would like you to head this up. Uh, so I'm just uh, going to leave my door unlocked. You can just uh, go over to my house after church and just set everything up. Um, now, you know, sounds simple enough, but uh, for someone like me at the time, that was a, a daunting task. Like, you know, whoa, you're, you're entrusting this to me. Uh, wow, you know. So I just felt very empowered by that, that Pastor Ron would entrust me because um, these are some pretty um, high up people um, in, uh, over in Germany, and uh, I wanted to do it right. So I went over to his house, just walked in. Everything was already on the counter. And so I just opened up the boxes and laid it out the best I could, and I just wanted to show them, uh, you know, the hospitality um, of, of Jesus, and um, I, I heard later that they all really appreciated the, uh, you know, the extra detail that I put into uh, making them feel welcome. So, yeah, you did a good job. Uh, well, I you appreciate did a good that. Job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, that, that was that was a fun time. I really I really enjoyed that. So, in his empowerment, as I continue, we also are free to serve God. We see that in First Peter two sixteen. Um, and we are free to serve others as well. You can refer to Galatians 5.13. So we are empowered to make our own decisions with God as well. Uh, the example in this book would be Onesimus. He could have ran away and not faced Philemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to think that he did. During the summer after my first year in the program, uh, the enemy was trying to discourage me to continue. But I saw God's hand in my life as I pressed on forward, determined to continue. Mm -hmm. And it is places like these where God will show up in big ways. No matter your circumstance, 
no matter your messiness. God will orchestrate it all if you let him work. Mm-hmm. As my last point, Onesimus needed to be released to, to do greater things. He was full. We do see Onesimus serving in the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 9. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the biggest step in our society. Uh, we are so good at being filled, but we struggle in pouring out to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I uh, want to share a a brief story of when I went to men's retreat this year. Uh, Pastor Ron was up uh, front, uh, and we could uh, go up to him for prayer. And um, I was just really feeling, um, you know, I don't know if anybody has ever felt this before, but I just felt so full, so blessed by people that I wanted to burst. Um, And it was just so overwhelming that I went up and I just started crying. And um, uh, I just asked for prayer, you know, like, you know, Lord, um, help me to learn how to serve others because mm-hmm. you've blessed me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just a really uh, touching moment for me. Uh, and I just encourage you guys to do that as well, too, to ask God to, to help you learn how to serve better because it, it just doesn't come easy uh, for us. Um, I have two quick subpoints that I want to put underneath Empower. The first is we need to embrace We are empowered to face and embrace. I think Paul was saying to Onesimus, you need to face this fear. Go back to Philemon. We all have fears in life. Mine was getting a license uh, for a while. Pastor Ron is pretty persistent in having me get a license. Driver's license. Yeah, driver's license, excuse me. Um, and while I still haven't gotten it yet, I am scheduled. You don't for, have it yet? Well, I, I don't have it All yet. Right, man. I failed my first test. You want me to take you down there? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he will. He will. Yeah. Um, but uh, luckily, I am scheduled in the coming weeks, and I have another, another appointment, so I'm going to go at it again. Yeah, so I will get it. Don't worry. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I need to say, Lord, I need to face this. I entrust this to you. God has to work in me to drop the fear. And perfect love casts out all fear, as we see in 1 John 4.18. We see this carried out in the book of Philemon. Uh, Love is a verb, and love does. Mm -hmm. If we loved our neighbors as much as we loved ourselves, just think of how we could change the world. Once we face our fears, we need to embrace the change. Mm -hmm. So while I was in Hawaii, uh, we went paddleboarding with Pastor Shelton from New Hope Hilo. And up until that point, I was doing so well putting sunblock on, uh, but that last day I didn't, and I paid for it. I received second-degree degree burns and blisters on my shoulders, and it really hurts. Um, but staying positive, God gave me an analogy. In shedding off the old and embracing the new, change hurts. Really hurts at times. But we have to nurture that change with God's abounding grace. Yeah. And my second point, and before I conclude, is we need to become effective. Mm-hmm. Onesimus was effective for God's kingdom. Scripture doesn't say this, but church history does. Onesimus later was consecrated to be a, a bishop or pastor in Ephesus, was later imprisoned in Rome, and martyred for the kingdom's sake. Mm-hmm. In writing this letter, I think Paul knew that there would be a hindrance to Onesimus' ministry. 
I think that Onesimus needed the grace of Philemon in order to be more effective in ministering for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Of course, we do not know what his decision was, but I believe this was not only profitable for Philemon spiritually, but for Onesimus as well. Mm -hmm. We also see grace from Paul in putting what Onesimus owes on his account. And we all need the grace of others too. Who do you need to show grace to in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Continuing on, we do know Jesus was effective for the kingdom in everything that he did. Entrusting also works in reverse. When we entrust our lives to him, he entrusts us with his life-giving message, fruit of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit. The gifts and talents we have are from God, and we shouldn't abuse what we have been entrusted with. Instead, we should exercise the advantages we have to help give leverage to others and helping them stand up with God and become his witnesses. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to heal, not cast down. Mm -hmm. This is redemptive biblical stewardship. Mm -hmm. What has God given you to steward? Mm -hmm. In order to be effective, we are called to a higher standard as Ephesians 4 and 5 explains, called beyond ourselves. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Mm-hmm. That's Ephesians 4, 1. As my calling to the program is coming to a close, I am now being empowered and released after two years in the Immersion Discipleship Program mm-hmm. to hopefully, God willing, be effective for mm-hmm. his kingdom. Mm-hmm. I've really learned what emptying yourself of yourself means in order to give permission for the Holy Spirit to come and fill me up for his service. I have been stretched beyond my capabilities, and instead of giving up, complaining, or losing energy, I have steadily been learning to press into him and let his strength carry me through. The biggest thing I gained from this program is a more authentic relationship with Jesus and a greater love for others. Mm Mm-hmm. This internship is a place to build up your spiritual disciplines. God puts you places and around certain people for a purpose. For those who are in high school considering their next steps and are asking, what do I want to do? Ask instead, who do you want to be? Let me interject here Mm -hmm. because this is something that you have done so well. And one of the things that I've been able to watch in your life is you were so focused on who he knew Jesus wanted him to be and what God was really up to in his life. And uh, I, I watched that. I saw that. In fact, Annette mentioned the last uh, week in Hawaii, um, you know, he had, he had, we, we said this, we were laughing. He had spent some locked-in time with, uh, with all those girls, and you did a marvelous job, my friend. Uh, you did. Uh, in fact, I did see a little bit of wear and tear on him. And um, I said, Caleb, let's get in the car and talk like some men. And so uh, I took him out, and we drove around, and we talked in a deep voice. And I think he felt better, (laughs) felt a lot better after that. And so I'm so thankful for his his authenticity. What I want to do right now is I just want to share with you what we can do as fathers who advocate for sons and daughters. There are three things, just briefly. One is we pray and we intercede. And I'm just asking you to pray and intercede for the sons and daughters of our faith. 
We are focused and constantly focused on a next generation. And we want to continue to do that. And what I believe that our responsibility is as, let's say, fathers and mothers of the faith, isn't to be so concerned about yourself, which we have a tendency to be, but to be able to turn around and look back and say, this is a generation that we need to invest in. Because we know this, the gospel is only one generation from going extinct if you take your eye off the ball now. One generation. What are you doing with what's been entrusted to you as a father, as a mother of the faith to influence, to intercede, to pray for those sons and daughters? The other way that we can do this is to encourage. And when I say encourage, I'm speaking certainly of kind words. We want to encourage. But I'm going to sharpen it just a little bit so that you have some laser focus that when you encourage those sons and daughters in the faith, whether they be your biological sons and daughters or otherwise, that you would encourage with a prophetic tone in your mouth, a prophetic tone in your voice, that you're speaking something into their life and you're calling it out. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. To observe Caleb, the other interns, to be able to see that he did have the ability to organize. He did have the ability to follow through with certain tasks That's why he got thrown the keys to my house. But he doesn't know at that time that's exactly what we're doing. What we're saying is we entrust you. We believe something about you. We want to call that out. We want to encourage that in you. And there's a prophetic way of calling that out. And I'm just praying that our especially fathers of faith in this room would have eyes that would see another generation and call out what God is doing in their lives, doing in their children, doing in those that they influence. Call it out, men. Call it out, fathers. Be bold about encouraging our sons and daughters in the faith. And then the other thing that we do, and we want to do well, fathers, we need to resource our sons and daughters. We can't just give them a task and say, go, be warm, be fed, be well. What we need to do is come alongside And we need to resource. Your influence is a resource. One of the things that's missing today is the absence of Father's presence. One of the ways that you influence is you stink and show up in their lives. Can I say it like that? Your presence makes a difference in people's lives. Show up. Just show up. And I'll tell you, that influence that God has given you, that authority... God-given authority makes a huge difference. So resource them by your influence. Resource them with wisdom. You have life experience. Share some of that. Find creative ways to do that, to share your wisdom. And the other way that you do it, dads, is money. You know what? It comes right down to it. It costs to make disciples that make disciples. Do not ever think it is free or anyone else's responsibility. It is your responsibility to make a difference. Not just in the lives of your own children. It costs to make disciples in the lives of the children in this next generation. It is a cost. And we want to invest in that. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to do really well here. One of the things that Onesimus would have faced during the time that he was a slave is because he was a runaway slave, one of the things that the people that would own, that people that own slaves, if they ran away, they would bring them back. And if it was a chronic running away, they would brand 
that slave on their forehead with an F. What it meant was a fugitive. That if anyone saw him outside the the boundaries of the slave owner's property, he was subject to immediate death. That was the death sentence. And there are some of us, we've lived life, and we feel like those fugitives. We feel like we've been branded with the F, the fugitive. But this is what I thank God for. (laughs) I thank God for the other F word. Forgiveness. That you, in Jesus Christ, have been branded forgiven. You have been forgiven by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why the story of Onesimus should be so dear to your heart. Because we're all runaway slaves. We were lost. We were enemies of God. Jesus found us. And he put an F on us that says, You are forgiven. In Jesus' name. And what I'm going to ask you to do is don't brand the next generation because we have that hot searing iron and we have a lot of names that we can call the millennials. We, we, I hear you. I hear people talk about it. Well, they might be lazy. They're not growing up fast enough. They don't do this or they don't do that. You know what you're doing? You're branding something. Put it down. Don't brand them. Leave it open for grace and forgiveness and watch what God does. Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite Caleb's fathers to come on up here. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to finish this way. So dads, get up here real quick. Granddads, fathers, come on up here. I I really wanted them to be up here and be a part of this. And what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray over uh, Caleb and thank God for what uh, he's done in his life. We have his dad. We have his grandfather. So guys, make your way up here. I know it's a little uh, intimidating, but... uh, these are fairly nice people, so this is good. So what we're going to do, and I've asked Walt, uh, his grandpa, if he would just pray, and we just, Walt, thank you, because you really have been a father of the faith in this church and in this community for years and years and years, and we are blessed by that. So give your, give your grandpa the microphone. Don't hold on to it. Just take, let go. Okay, let me give it to him. All right. Yeah. So Walt, would you uh, pray, pray over Caleb? Pray over us as fathers, too. Let's do that. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time we can honor fathers and, and particularly ask a blessing on those fathers that are here today and, and those who are unable to be here. We call them uh, fathers of faith. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just uh, thank you for the blessings that you have given my family, mm-hmm. that uh, Virginia and I could have a Christian home mm-hmm. and raise uh, a son, mm-hmm. uh, Kenneth, who later went on. And had established a Christian home with Kimberly mm-hmm. and uh, raised Caleb. Mm-hmm. We just thank you for all the blessings that you have given Caleb, the stretching out. And we now look forward to a time that you will call him to service. Again, thank you for all the fathers here today. And take the message that Caleb has presented this morning. Mm-hmm. We ask us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can you let these guys know you appreciate it? Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.